Hello, everyone. This is David Douthit. This is Molly Douthit. And welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul. Today, we are covering Word Smart and I Smart for the complementary lectionary selections for the 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. Moses urges the people to choose life in Deuteronomy, and the psalmist declares people who follow after God are the happiest. Paul appeals to Philemon to welcome a slave like a brother, and Jesus tells us we must count the cost if we want to follow him. Life's full of tough choices, isn't it? We hope you'll choose some of what we have to offer. This podcast is based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week, centered on the weekly readings for the Revised Common Lectionary, we develop illustrations and special effects using various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. Over the course of four weeks, we will cover word smart, eye smart, math smart, body smart, music smart, nature smart, people smart, and self smart. You can read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking on the link at the top of our webpage, morethanhearing.org. Join us as we explore ways these intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Then, we encourage you to try it for yourself. Anytime and any way we can make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. Let's get started. Well, hello and welcome, everybody. We are glad to have you with us. And if you're a first-timer, we're glad that you found us. And we hope that you'll find something useful here today. We'd love to hear from you, so uh, check out our website, morethanhearing.org, and leave us a comment there or, uh, you know, uh, Facebook or the other social things. Uh, we're looking at two of the smarts for this week, iSmart and WordSmart, not necessarily in that order, but I'm going first and I've got iSmart, so there we go. Uh, so, uh, to summarize iSmart this week, uh, we have uh, a little blurb here from Howard Gardner in his own words, and uh, this comes to us by way of the uh, School of Education at UNC Charlotte, but uh, talking about iSmart, which Gardner refers to as spatial intelligence, he says it refers to the ability to represent the spatial world internally in our minds, the way a sailor or airplane pilot navigates the large spatial world, or the way a chess player or sculptor represents a more circumscribed spatial world. Spatial intelligence can be used in the arts or in the sciences. If you're a spatially intelligent person the or and oriented toward the arts, you're more likely to become a painter or a sculptor or an architect than, say, a musician or a writer. Similarly, certain sciences like anatomy or topology emphasize spatial intelligence, as does geography. So he offers a, a menu of uh, interactive options. So the visual menu includes chart, map, cluster, or graph, create a slideshow, videotape, or photo album, create a piece of art that demonstrates, invent a board or card game to demonstrate, illustrate, draw, paint, sketch, or sculpt. Uh, 
So those are the sorts of things that we uh, look at for uh, special effects is uh, stuff that people can look at in space. Uh, and then uh, our illustrations try to draw those things out in their minds. So Molly, you've got WordSmart. What's that? What's going on there? Well, I am also using Howard Gardner's own words about the linguistic intelligence. This one is a, this person has the capacity to use language, either your native language or even other languages, to express what's on your mind and to understand other people. Poets really specialize in linguistic intelligence. They are definite wordsmiths, but any kind of a writer or orator, speaker, lawyer, or a person for whom language is an important stock in trade highlights linguistic intelligence. The menu uh, for the linguistic intelligence uh, individual would be using storytelling. Um, so in a lot of ways, Jesus seems to have been a word smart person. Oh, sure. Uh, so use stories to explain ideas. Uh, another way to uh, use the linguistic intelligence is conduct a debate, a pro and a con, hmm. uh, and then support that through your arguments. Or write a poem, a myth, a legend, a short play, or a news article. Or create a talk show radio program or oh, a fun. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Or conduct an interview. Sit down with somebody and ask them questions and let them talk. Hmm. Some games that you could use to uh, spark a linguistic intelligence or a word smart person would be Scrabble, anagram puzzles, crosswords, tongue twisters, nonsense rhymes, or puns. Puns. I love puns. <laughs> okay, so uh, three years ago... We skipped this week for some reason. We we skipped a couple of weeks. We think that we were trying to catch up, maybe, and get ahead. And uh, uh, the texts for this week are challenging. So we may have just said, just let's, said let's forget just, it. it. This would be a good week to try and Take get a ahead. Break. So, um, so we're going to do our best with it this week and uh, see what happens. The Old Testament lesson for Year C, Ordinary 23, is Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. This is part of Moses' closing address at the end of the wanderings in the wilderness. They are about to cross over into the promised land, and Moses has uh, given them the last what for. And... Uh, so he, he says to them, look, here he's been laying it out for them, and that's what he says. I've set before you today the ways of life and prosperity, death and adversity. Obey the commandments of God and, uh, and love the Lord your God, walk in his ways, observe his commandments, and it's going to go well for you. If you turn your heart away and don't listen uh, and stray away to other gods, uh, it's going to be bad. You will perish. You shall not live long in the land. And I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there we go. Big challenge. So, uh, looking at this from iSmart, um, I got to thinking about this, the uh dichotomy, as it were. Is that the right word that I want? The diff Keep talking. The difference, the disparity between all these D words, uh, <laughs> between the blessing and the curse. 
and um, got to thinking about places like Syria that used to be a, just a, a wonderful, beautiful place, and then the war came, and now it's you know been a lot of the cities have just been wrecked, and thinking that that's kind of what Moses is laying before them is you can have the prosperity or you can have the wreck. Mm. And so uh, I, I went looking for pictures, particularly of Syria, but you you could choose any uh, notable war zone and do before and after pictures. So, um, you know, Germany bef- between the wars or, or before and after World War II, that kind of thing. And then as illustration, describe that difference uh, the dramatic differences, the the active, architecturally diverse living city versus a pile of rubble, you know. So it, use your your language to to craft and shape that. Um, for special effect, show some of the pictures, and I've got a link, particularly for Syria, a series of of about twenty five before and afters in Syria. Um, so as you describe that difference, be, you could be showing these pictures and say, this is, this is kind of it. Um, now that in that particular place, in that particular war, it's not necessarily the choices of the people for or against the God of Israel, uh, in Syria, but, um, you know, it, it kind of gets the idea across. Wow. Yeah. I'm looking at some of them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's just devastating. Um, another special effect would be to get a a Jenga set. You know the the block game where the piled blocks where you have to take one out and put it on top. Uh, and so talk about how the game works and demonstrate the game. And I've got a link to their website uh, on the worksheet. And talk about how obedience to the Lord is like having the stack in its most stable position with, mm. with you know, the, the, the original set. Right, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the original setup. And then um, disobedience is like taking one of the blocks out and moving it to the top. It might not topple with the first one that you take out or even the second or even the third, but the more you do it, the less stable the system becomes. And uh, every incident then makes it more likely to topple. And that's kind of what Moses is talking about here, too. So how about WordSmart? What do you have for WordSmart here? Um, I'm looking at uh, where Moses specifically talks about uh, hearing and obeying and uh, hearing the commandments, which made me think of something that's like probably a little more body smart, but I don't know, because word word smart is necessary for this. Um, uh, Listening to God's commands is kind of like being a crew member, somebody who sits on one of those long, narrow skulls on a Mm. river, Mm -hmm. and uh, a crew member who has to pay attention to the calls of the coxswain. Mm-hmm. 
And if crew members don't do as the coxswain instructs, they're not going to perform well and might even wind up crashing into obstacles. I actually went and looked up the uh, role of the coxswain, and apparently there are um, some people who crew without one, mm-hmm. but it's ridiculously dangerous, and so they highly discourage it. Yeah. Because the coxswain is the person that sits in the, the back of the boat, and they're the only person facing forwards. Right. They also control a rudder, so if somebody should happen to start pulling a little stronger than another person, that changes the trajectory of the the skull going across the water and so the coxswain you, you can could end up in the wrong lane well the wrong lane or in a in a bridge uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah you could you could crash into something that's entirely immovable uh so the coxswain has the rudder and so they um make those micro adjustments they also call out uh, a beat for rowing and they also uh um, uh, make some on the on the spot decisions about strategy. Uh, the coach is the person who stays on on the riverbank, so they you know can't really call out anything. So the coxswain is essentially the uh, coach's emissary sitting there. So there's some other things to play cool. with in that. Uh, some other illustrations of hearing and obeying, uh, calling out orders in a diner. If you've ever gone to an old-fashioned <laughs> diner where the you order something from the waitress and the mm-hmm. waitress turns around and yells it to the short-order cook who yells back, uh, they still kind of do that in, in uh, the Waffle House. Yeah. Um, or directing pedestrian traffic in public places or school hallways. Sometimes you have to uh, call out directions. Or paying attention to people giving safety instructions, uh, the the flight mm-hmm. attendants on a, on an airplane, they're required by law to go through all of that, and there's a reason for it. Yep. Uh, so um, a special effect. I mean, when I was talking about uh, puzzles or word games being something that word smart people would would click on, I thought about a particular kind of word puzzle that I get in um, a uh, a weekly or a daily email. I get um, puzzles from time to time, and sometimes there's something called anagrammers, mm-hmm. and I have a link for uh, where I get those. But essentially, it's you have a sentence, and within that sentence, there are um, words called to mind that are all anagrams of each other. So, for example, here is a sentence. The people would happily put Moses' advice for being in safe storage. So you have there leaf, L-E-I-F, life, L-I-F-E, and file, F-I-L-E. Would, the people would, be happy, would happily be happy, leaf, put Moses' advice for being, life, in safe storage, file. Huh. Uh, another one, Moses wanted to enroll people's hearts as they paid attention in quiet contemplation. Enlist, listen, silent. So there are some uh, examples of some hmm. anagrams. Cool. You could also make more anagram puzzles. And I've got a, a an anagram generator that you can go uh, play with and do something like that. And you could put those in the bulletin for uh, for. Um, people to to play with during the serv- during the service or you could even just use it during the sermon ask people can you get the words that are anagrams yeah. of each other in this i would never have guessed leaf because well i went to the I anagrammer <laughs> and i put i, I <laughs> went to this anagram generator yeah. and i put it in and that popped up and i was like oh i've seen that word before yeah. and so i went and got the definition of it and ta-da there you are i know it as a name i didn't know it as a word mm-hmm Cool. It's an old one. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, let's go on. The psalm for year C, Ordinary 23, is Psalm 1, for the complimentary selections anyway. Uh, psalm 1 is the way the whole worship book uh, starts off, and it is a, uh, it's an option, it's a choice. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on this law they meditate day and night. And then it gives a contrast as to what those people are like and what the people who choose not to follow the law are like. And there you go. That kicks off Psalms. <laughs> so um, for word smart, uh, I looked up the word sinner in Hebrew and I forgot to write it down because I didn't do that. But anyway, um, very much like the Greek word for sin, it, the base root of it is missing the mark. Mm. So um, it, it's it's not so much. Well, I guess it's kind of a moral failing, but it's also uh, just not living up to or or uh, hitting full potential mm-hmm. through whatever reason, either through um, laxness uh, or or you know your own self involvement or whatever the reason. You just don't hit the bullseye. Uh, so the psalmist is advising people not to make the same mistakes that others have made and to um, follow after the Lord. And in, in striving to do that, you're much more likely to hit the mark. Uh, hitting the mark also makes me think of um, actors, uh, oh, television yeah. shows, movies. They're very frequently, there's a, a spot on the floor where a person is supposed to move to so that they are in prime optim, optimal uh, camera frame. If you ever watch Wheel of Fortune, mm-hmm. at the very end when Pat right, Sajak right. and the winning contestant go off for the final uh, puzzle, uh, he takes the person by the hand or by the elbow and says, okay, stand right there, and he shows them a mark on the floor. Right, right. So hit the mark. So that's that's a little eye smart, actually, kind uh-huh. of spatial. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. Sorry, didn't mean to steal that from me. No, that's quite all right. That's good. <laughs> uh, so for a special effect, I thought it, uh, you're going on, going on after the idea of using a puzzle as a game for the Deuteronomy passage. I found a link, a couple different links, um, for word puzzles for the psalm. One of them is to make a crossword using mm-hmm. words from the psalm, and I did that, but I couldn't print it off without paying for it, and I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> or at the, uh, a same, at the same site, you could make a word search, which is one of those puzzles where you have all right. the letters and then you have to find one, mm-hmm. which is also a little bit of eye smart because you have to look for it. Mm-hmm. I went looking for music uh, for this particular psalm, and uh, Isaac Watts wrote a hymn, The Man is Ever Blessed, based on Psalm 1. And it's essentially, it's a poem, and this is that poem. That one is ever blessed who shuns the sinner's ways. Among their counsels never stands nor takes a scorner's place. But makes the law of God a study and delight amid the labors of the day and watches of the night. Who like a tree shall thrive with waters near its root. Fresh as new leaves that name shall live in works of heavenly fruit. And that's set to a tune, but I just liked it as a poem. Which is an example of word smart because it takes all of what's there in the psalm and puts it into a poem. Mm -hmm. So if you have an inclination as a poet yourself, you could do that with this too. Indeed. 
Has some music smart flair to it as exactly. well. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, for iSmart, looking at this psalm, I, I uh, was looking at particularly at verse six uh, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. And um, thought about uh, the classic scientific investigation of rats or mice in a maze. And uh, I, I have a link for a description of that at ratbehavior.org, <laughs> actually. And um, uh, so we often have... A, a negative association with this image as it's come to be adopted to describe human situations where the subject is under unconscious control by outside forces. <laughs> but the original experiments were important tools to understand learning and memory and behavior in mammals, which extrapolates to humans. And uh, so I've also got an article on Tryon's rat maze experiment that you can take a look at for more details on those early tests. Uh, But the point for our purpose here is the observer watching the behavior of the subjects. The righteous would be quick and skillful going through the maze, while the wicked would be more easily distracted and make more mistakes on their path. Hmm. Interesting. So that's kind of a so a little nature smart for the rats, I guess, and a little uh, logic smart, math smart for the science aspects of it. But um, the observer watching the spatial movements through the maze—that's mm-hmm. the eye smart part. Mm-hmm. So um, for a special effect, I've also got a link to a video of some rats going through a maze that some guy just set up for his pet rats. So whatever, I mean, if you're going to have rats, you might as well put them through a maze, right? <laughs> so Why not? Sure. Then uh, for verse three, which is uh, where it says that the righteous would be like trees planted by streams of water and so on, uh, for special effect, show some pictures or time lapse of saplings growing into trees and all the better if it's near water. Again, we're uh, cross-pollinating here, and that has a lot of nature-smart overtones, but um, the idea of watching that tree growing and becoming strong and and mighty uh, or healthy anyway. So uh, uh, that's that's what I got for the uh, psalm here this week. Cool. Let's go on. The New Testament lesson for Year C, Ordinary 23, is Philemon. Pretty much the whole thing. The whole thing. Is it the the whole whole thing? thing. I wasn't sure if it... I mean, if you're going to do any of it, you ought to do the whole thing. Yeah. So, this is the whole thing. The election may actually clip off the last couple of verses, but, you know, it's... It's just a couple verses. By the time you've done 21 verses, why not do 25? (laughs) So... Uh, so the the letter is one chapter. It's short. It uh, starts off in the usual way. Paul, a, a, a servant and, and prisoner for Christ, and all these other folks, and to those folks, Philemon, and so on. And then uh, writing to Philemon, he says, "I remember you and in my prayers, and and have been refreshed by you, and your people, our people, have been refreshed by you, and it's been awesome." And that's all great. 
by the way, your slave happens to be here. I don't know if you knew he was missing, <laughs> but he's with me. And gosh, you know, it's been great having him here. And now he's like a son to me and I'm like a father to him. But I really need to send him back to you, uh, even though he's been really helpful even when you haven't been here. Um, <laughs> but I'm sending him back, sending him back to you, uh, so that you can receive him as a brother in Christ, more than a slave, how much more useful he will be to you now. And so uh, receive him just as you would receive me. And I, I could, I could order you to do this, of course, but I know that you'll do more than I could even ask in this regard. And by the way, I'm hoping to come visit, so get a guest room ready for me. So, um, wow, what a letter. Um, Paul is a Jewish mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, uh, just loaded with self-smart and, and people-smart because Paul is really turning the screws here, I think, on Philemon. Oh, totally. And uh, that's kind of where I ended up going with the iSmart uh, elements here. And because I, I couldn't connect it very well with iSmart uh, because it's so heavily people-smart. But what I decided was that you could – uh, take note of all the not-so-subtle rhetorical manipulations that Paul <laughs> manages to fit into this short letter and uh, and make a chart of it, you know, put because there I, I found three basic ways that he's at this. He, he's trying to butter up Philemon mm -hmm. by by praising him. He's saying, remember who it is that's writing to you. <laughs> and uh, and then just outright digs at him, you know. And so have the three columns and do hash marks as as you count them off. And I, I came up with uh, six buttering up and ten remember who it is and five digs. Hmm. So, uh, so I've and I've got a picture of my little chart here that, <laughs> that I came up with on the worksheet that you can take a look at. Um, so the buttering up is things like you are you have been such a refreshment to me and all the people you know and the stuff like that. And uh, I I know that you'll do more than than I can even think you would do, and you know those sorts of things. The uh, um, remembering me part he he keeps mentioning you know i am in prison <laughs> for the lord for the gospel right you know and i could order you to do this because i am an apostle you know um you know so those sorts of things there are a lot of that i paul do this as an old man yeah I'm just here. I'm you know. just an old man. I'm just an old man sitting in prison for the Lord, but you know. <laughs> and then um, uh, the digs. I mean, um, I wanted to keep him, I, I wanted to keep uh, Onesimus here with me because he's been so helpful in your absence <laughs> in my imprisonment, you know, so things like that. Uh, it, it's kind of fun actually to chart all that out. So the, the iSmart that I came up with, like I said, is just charting all of that. That's, that's as good as I got, but I think it would be fun. So, uh, how about WordSmart? Well, um, uh, this letter is, it's a, it's kind of a character reference. 
Um, it's definitely a lot of uh, stuff about Onesimus, you know, this wonderful person. So if, you know, like you're looking for a letter of recommendation, here's a good character reference. It's also a bit of a legal negotiation. I mean, mm. uh, you know, Paul knows can't keep this guy. He belongs elsewhere, but, you know, maybe we could work something out. Yeah. And uh, it's also kind of a bit of a sermon about grace and about mission oh, yeah. and uh, yeah. a call to serving God. Um, so there are three different things that are, you know, right there in that. Um, but it, it might also be an interesting exercise to see what else it might contain. So, you know, pull out the elements. I mean, <laughs> The guilt trip was not something that occurred to me, <laughs> uh, but it's there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, pay attention to how— I don't know. Maybe it's not, and I just read it into it. Well, but, no. Uh, I mean, now that you mention you know, it, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I can see that. Uh, and, and you know, your comment about um, uh, this may be uh, the letter of Philemon being a real sly way of, of uh, Paul trying to get what he wants, being like Jimmy Fallon's thank you notes. And so mm -hmm. I have a, have a link to Jimmy Fallon's thank you notes, which kind of fit in some ways, not always all, all of yeah, them. But, yeah. um, I mean, he, he, he has this thing in his show where he writes a thank you note that um, – Pokes fun at things, yeah, so yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah, if, 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 it could be interesting to rewrite the letter of Philemon as a Jimmy Fallon thank you yeah, note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the music playing in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Philemon. <laughs> Pay attention to the language and the word. I mean, this is an excellent place to go get your Greek. Uh, your Greek um, lexicon and, you know, particular words that, that pop out and, and go look up what that means and uh, see if maybe translating it using the, a, a different translation or a different definition might, might uh, add some different flavor uh, to a particular section. That's always, an, that's always a fun exercise. And it's something that word smart people would really dig. Mm -hmm. So how might that change by the use of a different word? Right. All right. Let's go on. The gospel lesson for year C, Ordinary 23, is Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. And I'm pretty sure this is the reason we didn't do this yeah, years ago. Yeah. We totally wimped out on this. Can't this time. So anyway, it's the cost of discipleship. Uh, large crowds are traveling with Jesus. And so he turns to them and he says to them, whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. So he's come to a point where he's going to give everybody following him a choice. Mm -hmm. And so he tells a couple of parables uh, about the person building a tower. You're not going to build a tower if you don't first sit down and plan for it, because otherwise you uh, get to the point um, where you can't finish it and people will ridicule you. Or uh, a king going out to wage war is going to sit down and consider what sorts of resources the king has to be able to go to battle. And if doesn't have enough, uh, he's, he's not going to be able to do it. So he sets off a, and sends out a delegation uh, to ask for terms of peace. 
Uh, so therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. How does that what? follow, Jesus? <laughs> I know. Where'd that come from? Uh, so there might be a little bit of an exercise in there with uh, looking for um, uh, the, the Greek translation. Anyway, I didn't do that, and I'm contemplating doing it right now. But <laughs> No, no, we're in the middle of recording. No, you can't. <laughs> Should have done that yesterday. Yeah. Anyway, um, in some interesting exegesis. We did, look up, I, we did look up the hate word. Yeah, I did look up the word hate. It's miseo. Uh, which means to love less than or esteem less than. Yeah, that's not what I found. Well, it it means hate, yeah. <laughs> yeah it it, it does hate. mean hate, but it can also mean that. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is pretty much what hate is. You you do not uh, love or esteem something. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's um, it kind of... Well, I mean, hate is a little more active than... Uh, the indifference of not liking something. Yeah, but it. Uh, well, it, it. If you go with it, anyway, the sorry. less than or esteem less than, it's a comparative word that sets up two things to be examined so you can make a choice. Right. It's kind of going back to the Deuteronomy passage, and, uh, that you know you've got you've got an option here, yeah. and the Psalm of you've got you know right right these are two different ways of of living and being. Follow after God. Don't follow after God. Follow after God and be blessed. Don't follow after God and see what a mess your life is, Right. essentially. Um, so there's that. Okay, so uh, some other things about this passage in verse 29 and 30 about uh, people ridiculing the builder. Uh, there's a bit of an echo of the ridicule that Jesus experienced when he was on the cross in chapter 23, uh, verses 35 and 37. Maybe that's a little bit of foreshadowing. That Perhaps. Luke is using, Perhaps. so maybe it's a uh, uh, a literary um, uh, device. So if you were reading mm-hmm. the book of Luke as though it were a novel, and you got to this, and then you get later on to the cross, you go, oh, hey. Hmm. So in verse 28, the word cost in Greek is danae, or a consuming expense. Hmm. So how might discipleship be a consuming expense. That might be a little bit of self-smart for people to ponder. It might also be maybe a little bit of a people-smart exercise where you break folks up into small groups and say, is your discipleship a consuming expense? (laughs) Why or why not? Perfect way to start off stewardship Stewardship. season. Exactly, exactly. Also, in verse 26, um, uh, where the word hate is, so find a, a, a popular poem or a popular song that uses the word love a lot and put the word hate in there. Yeah. Just to see what happens. That, that would be a little jarring. That would be jarring. That's the very word that came to my mind. It was jarring. All right. He hates you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he hates you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The hate <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Anyway. Uh, okay. So for iSmart, um, I uh, I've got a special effect. I thought about um, discipleship here and the way we usually think about it in in church circles, at least uh, in the church circles I run in. It, it's something like um, you know you you're 
hearing the good news somewhere, maybe somebody tells you about Jesus or you're reading the Bible for some random reason and you hear the... <laughs> random reason. <laughs> well, you know, someone who's not a disciple yet. Oh, 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 right? I get you, I get you. Okay. And so you come to believe that this is maybe real and you There's start to, to trust mm -hmm. God and you believe in Jesus and you begin to try to change, to repent a little bit, right? And then maybe you make your public profession of faith and get baptized. You become an active church member. Uh, you pledge to the church. You serve on committees. You serve on the church board and you move your pledge up to a tithe, you know, and, and, if you're if you're on the board and you're tithing, man, that is the pinnacle of discipleship, right? Or so we might think. Mm -hmm. um, we would love to have a church full of folks who would be up to doing that, right? Mm -hmm. But none of that is on Jesus' list here, nope. and uh, so you know. What I was thinking for for the special effect would be to uh, make a poster with a thermometer, mm -hmm. like the fundraisers, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like the United Way or whatever, except it would be discipleship. Mm -hmm. right? And so the ticks are going to be those sorts of things, you know, come to uh, believe in God, trusting, trusting God, believe yeah. in Jesus, repent, yeah. public profession, baptize, etc. Uh-huh. But all of that is only going to go about halfway up, right? And so as you're talking about those different items, you can be filling in the sure. thermometer and, you know, here you go. And wow, great discipleship. Bing. 50%. Yeah. Wait. Well, hold on. Right? And then you start adding the other stuff, hating your family, <laughs> right? Um Hate your, life. hate your life. Carry your cross. Follow Jesus to the cross. Give up all your possessions. Hmm. Where does that come in? <laughs> huh. I, we weren't thinking about any of that, were we? Uh -huh. And so, I, you know, so there it is. Then uh, That's an interesting thing. Well, that's also a little bit, of, I mean, as you're doing that, there's some self-smart and some oh, people yeah, yeah, smart yeah. stuff in there too. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, because you're yeah. thinking about the whole church membership thing right, and, right. and what is it that we're doing here yeah um i was reading a commentary on the passage that that said that um the author of the commentary had been uh at a tall steeple church basically mm -hmm. where, where the preacher was preaching on this and said if you're not doing this you know if you're not counting the cost if you're not going to the cross with jesus you ought to just go ahead and renounce your baptism now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, nobody did, but everybody thought about it. And it's like, wow. Yeah. Gee. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. wonder what kinds of letters and emails he got after that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So one of the things that I thought about around the, the hate your family part is again in in the feasting on the word 
uh, commentary on this passage, talked about the different places in Luke where Jesus talks about family. Mm -hmm. And it's when his family comes to rescue him because they think he's gone nuts. <laughs> and he says, who is my family? These All who these are people here, right? these the who will of my do father. the will of my mm -hmm. father, that's my family. And then the passage a couple of weeks ago, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword and I'm going to divide families. Hmm. And then this passage, hate your family, follow me. And then there's one more where I, I think it's the, the rich man saying, how do I get eternal life? And, and everyone's shocked when Jesus oh, right, says, right. you know, well, how, well, how hard how for do the we rich. Get in? Yeah. And, and, and somebody, I think Peter, Peter. maybe says, uh, hey, we left everything to follow you. And he said, yes. And in the, in the life to come, you will have all of that restored and more you mm -hmm. will have more family because mm -hmm. of it and um and then thinking about the philemon passage where paul says hey this guy was a slave of yours and not that great a slave to start with but now <laughs> he's here with me yeah right he ran away <laughs> great right um but now receive him as your brother in christ mm -hmm. so he's yeah. not just your slave but your brother mm-hmm so maybe that's a way to to get around this is to think that those that you give up for the sake of the gospel you receive again right through Christ right well is it really getting around it or getting through it well th yeah yeah that yeah yeah uh, uh, traversing around right it, right like, right yeah, over top of it try, try trying to get through the pitfalls <laughs> that yeah. That uh, have been have been laid here. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> well, that's our podcast for today. Please ask questions or leave us a comment on our website, www.morethanhearing.org, or facebook.com slash morethanhearing, or tweet us at morethanhearing, or email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you tried any of these suggestions, or maybe got an idea you like better than ours, please let us know what you did and how it went. We'd love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship. Remember to check out the show notes, worksheets, links, and resources at our website. They go hand in glove with the podcast and give you lots more material to work with. Don't forget to subscribe using the links on the website for iTunes, Google Play, Android, or good old RSS. Or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org slash feed slash podcast. Help others find us more easily by writing a review at the iTunes store. And of course, you can share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart. Yeah, we'll see if this makes it in.